Pass the ball in, anything over the top. He's brilliant with that. Outside Chamberlain. What a search from him. The shot! What a goal! Chamberlain now surging forward. There's the ball through in behind Stones. It looked like a hand in the back by Firmino. But on! Roberto Firmino! Does it against Manchester City again? Still Salah. Sadio Mane. Wijnaldum, some invention. Salah, what a ball that could have been, but it's well spotted. By Edison then gives it away, and here's the chip from Salah! Dreamland for Liverpool football club at Anfield. Delighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, this is. It's, We're live to the United MSC, States. Yeah, NBC, that's, yeah, yeah, that means my, my my boss is watching it. Probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jumping up and down. So you cannot see. You have a look at this game in different ways. You can look at it as a manager and say, okay, we could have done this and that better. You you have a look at it as a football fan and say, what the fuck was that? that was unbelievable. So it's. Um, we well, just apologise for that for the language no, there. I thought in America it's okay. And in England it's. <laughs> we the motherfucking best, nigga. I see. Super. I got looking for you with Haitians. I stay smoking on good Jamaican. I for bitches from different races. You get money, they started hating. I woke up in a new Bugatti. 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 I woke up in a new All right, with that, welcome. Welcome, everybody, to Two Red Gringos, Season 4, Episode 4. And, uh, I mean, the hype in that intro is next level. Arlo <laughs> White all over it. Has to match, has to match the performance, the, the response by the two red gringos. Oh, absolutely. So we, uh, we're, we're coming back. This is a, a quick turnaround for us. I think normally we take a couple of weeks to, to get a new episode out, but we, uh, luckily had some, some free time coincide, um, and uh and here we are so we were hoping to have the guys from indie reds um podcast on but no dice today we'll get them at a at a later time um but yeah maybe if they were like me they were uh still 
still recovering from the excitement of of yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so let's uh, well, let's talk about that. We we normally do pick your poison, but uh, <laughs> I see here in the notes you've got <laughs> your poison was alcohol poisoning. <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, Lit- literal poison. Yeah. So so uh, tell us about tell us about match day because I think this was a big one for uh, you down in in Mexico City. Yeah, it was huge. So for the for the Everton Derby, we had a pretty good turnout, handful of us. But the early morning games have always been the question mark. So we got uh, I met another fellow Red who lives here in Mexico City. Uh, so we got to get together with a, a couple other ones, and well, after the match, it just turned into a, a series of overlapping conversations with the different Brits, <laughs> Brits and expats that I ran into. <laughs> so I had managed to. You know, luckily I had the full the full English breakfast to fuel me up, but I had managed to stay at that one bar for the course of eight hours throughout <laughs> the day, celebrating the the LSC victory over City. So, um, luckily my girlfriend t- took good care of me, and um, I'm still here with us today to uh, <laughs> to continue the celebrations. But uh, no, not not wanting to put a dent in our usual routine. I, you know, manned up and I've got a nice little quack that I'm drinking. Oh, you're drinking a Did quack, I, not in the, not in the, uh, approved. Not in the wooden, wooden glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, no, uh, no, just, just out of the bottle. Yeah. I didn't have that much energy. Right. For anyone who hasn't, uh, seen a quack served as, as, uh, intended, uh, go ahead and Google, Google that KWAK. It's a, uh, is it Polish? No, I think Czech? it's Belgian. Belgian, isn't it? I yeah, it's Belgian. Oh, okay. The Belgian. most that was one of the low points in my beer ordering life was when they delivered the quack to my table um, <laughs> at at Hopleaf, where right. we got to celebrate earlier. Um, yeah. They delivered it to the table, and I had to ask them how how does one consume this beverage? And so he just <laughs> kind of picked it up by the wooden handle. So yeah. humiliating, but amazing beer. So uh, on my end, I've got the. Uh, this this felt we're we're both rocking Belgian beers, so uh one, this is one of your favorites, so it, it felt appropriate, but also um the name just kinda summed up I think where everybody was at. So Delirium <laughs> Tremens from uh from Belgium. The uh it's a fantastic beer if if you haven't tried it, but uh Delirium just about sums up where we all were. As that <laughs> fourth felt, goal yeah. flew in yesterday, and and then finally at the at the full time whistle, um, delirium is absolutely I think what we all what we all felt. Delirium just sounds like a nickname that should be reserved for Roberto Firmino. <laughs> <laughs> greatest greatest beer in the world, and without a doubt the the greatest footballer currently active and. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> across all leagues, but we'll get to that performance later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the city game, I mean, it's going to be the focus of this episode, obviously, with it going down. We'll we'll talk about some other stuff, you know, in in there, uh, kind of in context of the match. But uh, but coming into this match, I know the one thing that that uh, took the internet seemingly by storm, and uh, to the point where the guy was on Soccer AM and and all the rest of it. Um, that song, the sugar, sugar, um, song for our, 
what are they calling it now? The thrilling three or the, uh, yeah, I think thrilling three is the, is the new, I don't know why it, with Liverpool, there always has to be some type of acronym or, or nickname <laughs> to our attackers, but yeah, you know, we'll go with it. Yeah. So, uh, so that song, I want to get your opinion. Cause I, I haven't seen anything divide Liverpool fans quite so starkly, <laughs> <laughs> even with all of the controversy, uh, surrounding this season and all the, you know, different opinions and, and stories. What, what's your take on this song? Cause I, I, I think when all was revealed, this guy is like a, some kind of comedian or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't some just random Liverpool fan sitting in his bedroom, which what it, which is what it appeared to be at first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is there, is there division? On LFC Twitter, everything that I've seen has been incredibly positive. I've seen a lot of positive and then uh, surrounding actually, and, and I'm not calling anyone in particular out, but, but LFC Austin, there were actual like threats made if anyone, (laughs) if anyone uh, put sugar, sugar on the, over the, the speaker system at the bar over the, uh, (laughs) the PAs, they were, they were not having it. Um, no, I, I'll be honest when I, I, I was excited to see it pop up on the agenda for today. Um, because I absolutely loathe it mm-hmm. because something about it seems so superficial and just not very authentic, yeah. but God damn, is it catchy? <laughs> and, and, and I might hate myself a little bit for it, but we were, we were definitely all in chorus at the, uh, at the doghouse pub here in Mexico city. Um, okay. No, that's, <laughs> so I, I, not quite to the levels of Austin, but I, th- I yeah, think it's, I'm, I'm split. I think it's fun. Um, I, I don't think it's great. And especially knowing that it, you know, it was a comedian kind of trying to get some attention and playing this part of random Liverpool fan. Um, apparently yeah. it's like a character of his, I guess. So with, in that context, it's, it kind of loses some of its luster for me, but like you said, it's, I mean, it's catchy, it's fun, um, and definitely after after a few pints down at the pub, it's definitely definitely a good one to get in chorus in chorus with. So I I, I like I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I <laughs> it feels kind of cringy when you hear it, yeah. Um, but when you're all having fun, I mean, it's kind of the same as like the the Genie Vinaldum song, like on its face, not that great, but when a whole bar singing it, like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm very down with it. Uh, yeah. The, it, it's not like it's up against a, a, a big test of, of quality music. Um, now granted Liverpool fans have some quality songs, but the, the player based songs are not actually usually these epic songs that, uh, right. that we, we all really love, but it's, <laughs> it's just, it's fun to sing. So I actually liked being in a crowd for the first time in a while where we probably had about a dozen Liverpool fans, um, that came out, um, some specifically to watch a match. I think others were just there, uh, but it's a big kind of expat, uh, hangout now. So hopefully we, uh, we get some more. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, it's very promising for the first couple of times that this bar's open. You've gotten a a good turnout. Um, I know we, we kind of struggled out in El Paso a few weeks where, you know, it was the three of us, like, you me you me and Jose some weeks um were all we would get some some lean years um but uh but no it's definitely promising signs down there in uh down there in Mexico City and a full english too so no yeah we were you know 
if you're like me and you had a few early morning stouts, uh, you probably don't mind the song <laughs> after that time too. But no, it's it's fun. So let the people enjoy. Yeah. The uh, so with that, um, when when I was thinking about when I was thinking about this match, a a particular quote came to mind. <laughs> I couldn't actually believe it. It never <laughs> popped up on the dock. Um, but no, I'm going to go ahead and let you... Uh, this is your baby, so I'm going to let you... Uh... So I'm I'm just going to go ahead and play the clip. I found it on YouTube, so I'm going to go ahead and just... <laughs> it's, it's only seven seconds, so you can just enjoy Even this. Even while better. So... So here's here's why that came to mind, right? So in the in that particular clip, it's it's Jay Wow from Jersey Shore um, addressing Angelina from the the same show, and uh, the she's telling her that she can stay in the house, but she's gonna get her ass beat if she does. <laughs> and and the reason that came to mind is obviously this game this game was at home, um, but it was the way that Klopp approached this one. So like. From start to finish, there was no fear, no, you know, kowtowing to City's style of play. Everybody this year has tried to sit back and try to absorb pressure, and they always end up getting beat. The, you know, a couple of teams have ground out very boring draws, um, but that's like the extent of the joy that anyone's found. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Liverpool said, hey, you, <laughs> you can come here and get your ass beat. But, that's, <laughs> but that, was, that, was, uh, that was kind of that fearless approach that Klopp took that I think was so impressive um, because from the very beginning there was no there was no sitting back there was no hey let's try to see this out let's try to maybe snatch a win it was we're gonna go toe-to-toe we're gonna press we're gonna we're gonna attack we're gonna play our game regardless and uh, and it paid off in the end so um, that was that was why JWoww particularly came to mind just that (laughs) aggression that aggression of yeah like you can come here, you can stay, and get your ass beat. That's, that was my... That's what I love, loved about it, too. Perfect quote, you know, Jersey Shore. <laughs> saying, but because this, I mean, this has been the best match in the Premier League for a, a few years now. Um, really, ever, especially since Pep took over. Yeah. Because there's no... In credit, there's no fear from either team, too. Right. Um, because I think as, as nervous as City made us as fans, that I think Pep and the City squad was equally as nervous to go against this Liverpool team. I think the previous result when Mane got sent off left it a little bit more uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's just it's the Premier League at its best because you've got two tactically savvy managers that are you know going all out against it. Right with the the closest even with Chelsea and United. Um, in terms of quality could be the only ones that come close, even Spurs. They don't, Spurs will press a little bit more, but the other teams just, you know, kind of withdraw within themselves. Um, and we took it to them. We flooded, we flooded the midfield. Uh, we had everybody tracking back and we were able to play, play our style. And, and I think it just matches up perfectly with city and most, most of the biggest threats in Europe. I think those are the teams you know, we elevate our game for, and we are as, as best equipped to take down these teams as, as anybody else. Yeah. So, uh, 
as we as we kind of enter the discussion here, we're going to talk pretty much everything as I said back to front, um, kind of in, in <laughs> increasing credit. But uh, but let's start just by making that tough call. You added you added this in here, but making the tough call because this this is probably one of the toughest um, decisions to make of any match this season. But your man of the match for uh, for this game because I I'm not sure who you're going to say. I think I have an idea. But I know. So last last week, uh, last week, you said you said that I think I know who you're going to say and it's going to be wrong. Um, I I think I know who you're going to say and it's it's going to be right. But you I think you might be stealing my thunder. No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to say somebody <laughs> different because I know exactly. You know who I saw I'm one say. of your tweets. So I knew and I'm I'm 100 percent right. And unlike or no, 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 I'm, I'm 100 percent with you. Uh, unlike last <laughs> week where I was certain that everybody else was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll go with, I'll go with Ox. He got a lot of, a lot of the fanfare yeah. for his performance, but I mean, just, I, I, I don't know. It's like, how do you pick from the, from Ox in the front three? It's, they right. all, they all had really similar games and each contributed in maybe a little bit of a different way. Um, so I'll just go Ox as a man of the match. Cause he, he's getting, he's starting to rack up goals and assists. Right. Um, which he really, not just in his early Liverpool career, but really didn't do for Arsenal at any point either. So credit credit to Ox, let him keep going. Um, so yeah, Ox, yeah. Ox for me. And I, I mean, he was he was fantastic. And I and I think the and we'll, we might get to it a little bit later. But the person who probably sweat the most during Ox's performance was Adam Olana because he's like, how am I getting <laughs> back into the squad if, if Ox is going forward like that? Um, yeah. Just that that first goal demonstrated everything that we want out of that advanced that advanced uh, central midfield player. Mm-hmm. Um, the drive, the the pace, and then that that shot into the bottom corner, just everything about yeah. it was was what we've been kind of begging to see out of our midfield for a while. <laughs> Even think about Lalana's uh it was against City, right? Now granted, I think Joe Hart was the goalkeeper. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> but Lalana's long distance strike against City. Yeah. It it never looked like it was going in. No. Right? It was like how how the hell did that just happen? Yeah. Um Ox's when he pulled from it, I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, he's going to have a pop." Yeah. But just the placement and in the combination with the pace that he had on it as well. Yeah. Um, I heard people saying Ederson could have done better, but just, it, it was perfect, perfect strike. So yep. props, props to Ox. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, for what me, about, the man of the match. say that I'm wrong. So who, <laughs> for me, the man of the match though is, <laughs> is, is, uh, is easy. And it's someone who is, I mean, it was, it was crazy because the first man of the match poll I saw, didn't even have him as a selection on Twitter. And that was, yeah. it was that was just madness for me. I had to talk about. So um, it's it's Firmino. It, Bobby was all over City, absolutely from start to finish. He was he was everywhere. He was winning the ball back high up the pitch. He was he was causing all kinds of problems for the defenders. And then for his goal to shrug stones off like that, at, you know, sixty plus million pounds worth of defender, just absolutely. <laughs> Just tossed aside like old lunch, filth, and uh, and then to chip <laughs> to chip Ederson um, and and have it go in off the post. It was just, I literally my my tweet is pure sex. Like yeah, I said I it was fully torqued when, enough at the time. I, like it was a curled chip. Yeah, 
Oh, it was gorgeous. <laughs> we haven't seen stuff like that since since Suarez. And then the celebration, just the defiance of <laughs> the shirt, shirt off, tossed, and run to the crowd, dead face. Like, normally he's got a big smile, but no. Dead stare into the crowd. Uh, just no, no, uh, no overt emotion aside from... Like I am a badass, and I know I I'm taking this game over, and that that's exactly what he did. So for me, man of the match, but I mean, Ox Ox is another good shout. There were there were plenty of good performances all over, all over for Klopp's Reds. Yeah, and uh, and I the only reason I didn't say for me now is because I didn't want to steal your thunder when I when I saw that <laughs> pop up too because the goal credit to Firmino and Salah because they're yeah. starting to put in goals that we didn't see since Suarez and, and Sturridge yeah. were firing to just the level, even Salah's long range strike. I mean, that, <laughs> that takes some, that takes some balls to be able to just pull from there. And it was even the commentary as it was happening is, you know, he's hardly even looking at goal. He just knows where it is. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so it's good to have that level of quality from so many different players and we're taking Mane now for granted, but we'll, we'll get to the attackers in a moment. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, uh, I mean, all, all of them were, were superb. I think yeah. Firmino was Firmino and just right. at his peak, he, he defines what this Liverpool team is. Yeah. Um, but, but I thought we'll get to it a little bit, but Mane, Mane, I was really impressed with too. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what praising Firmino is certainly not to take away from, any of the front three and, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but they all enable each other to play the way that they do. So it, it, I mean, they're all important. Um, so starting off, we'll start before we get to on the pitch, we talked, we talked, we, and we played before the, uh, before the episode started in the intro Klopp's post-match comments at (laughs) desk side with Arlo white on NBC live on American TV. (laughs) And, <laughs> he just drops an f bomb, no problem, uh, and I think kind of described perfectly what what we all were were thinking because it was it was one of those games. Um, it actually almost perfectly followed uh, the Arsenal match that started last season, where we went four one up, and uh, and then it ended four three, and it was just one of those where you thought it's all wrapped up. <laughs> And then, you know, the other team comes storming back and uh, clinging to life towards end. Yeah. Um, But with with Klopp um, and the post-match comments like that, obviously it endears him, endears him to the fans even more. But um, what he did for the match is that is is endearing him, you know, rightfully so also. So how much credit does Klopp get for? the <laughs> what the fuck was that performance <laughs> it's it's Klopp before he he became a little bit more subdued we were talking about this with the guys at, at the pub and we I had kind of mentioned I think it was after maybe it was Everton when we absolutely crushed them and you know to the point where Lucas is having a pop from 30 yards and, yeah. and Klopp is <laughs> laughing hysterically about it. Yeah. Like there's been a noticeable like restraint from him. Like he's still excited, but yesterday was basically I don't know, he just kind of embodies why we all support Liverpool is the authentic passion that you right. that you can see from the fans and <laughs> whether it's dropping f bombs, but the the celebrations 
from each goal that he had were incredible. And then just watching it back with the, there's a clip of, you know, with sugar, sugar and yeah. in the background yeah, and he's just slow motion, just <laughs> pumping his fist, jumping yeah. up and down. Yeah. Um, you know, just when I think, uh, uh, Klopp can't endear himself anymore to the fans. He, you know, yeah. he, he's such a driving force for during the match for how, how we're able to kind of feel about it afterwards too. So right. it's, it's been a, a far cry from when we had, you know, Roger spewing the, the, the typical team speak or whatever, you know, generic comments. So right. just, <laughs> just the authenticity that he has yeah. is it, it's so well, and I, and I'll give credit to Pep too. I think Pep's obviously not quite as excitable mm-hmm. as Klopp is, but it's, it's authentic. It's genuine. Um, and, and both in their own separate ways are, are just very good for the sport. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I, I think both of them just, uh, kind of, like you said, embody that authenticity and, and people don't, people don't want to hear the, the platitudes. Like, I mean, look how, look how toxic the word character became towards the end of <laughs> Rogers tenure at, yep. at Liverpool. It was, I mean, it was to the point where every time he said it, it, it was a huge joke, you know, it was a huge me and it, I think everybody would have appreciated a little bit more directness and a little bit more authenticity from, from Rogers. And it may have changed kind of the tone of his, of his tenure as manager. Whereas Klopp, you know, when, when Liverpool are bad, he he's upfront about it. He knows, Hey, we weren't good enough. You know, he, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't throw the, Oh, we were unlucky or, Oh, we were, you know, uh, the lad showed great character. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it, it is refreshing just to get the, the, uh, the more direct, um, the more direct approach from a manager and, and less of the mind games. Yeah. I was thinking about our, <laughs> one of our big, uh, two red gringos episodes where we had the, the case for Carlo and the, uh, yeah. <laughs> clop for copper, whichever. Yeah. But, and I was like, God, I was, I was such, such an idiot at that, <laughs> at that but, time. It, um, but it's just, it's, I mean, I don't, it's you, you can root for Klopp almost like he's a player. That's, yeah. that's how passionate and just well-received and, and a perfect match he is for the club. Yeah, exactly. And if, if you want a good watch, go back uh, into the Bundesliga's official YouTube channel and, and watch uh, Klopp's top five goals from his career um, when he was playing at Mainz. And uh, you see the passion, you know, you kind of see where where it comes from. He he really hasn't changed because mm-hmm. each time he scored, he was running down the running down the touchline and, and pumping his fists and jumping in the air, same as he does now. So, um it is just it's refreshing to have that type of energy on the on on the uh in the dugout for us and um i think in a game like today like you said in the in the celebrations of him but in the celebrations i was i was talking about this on twitter and we'll talk we'll talk about the goals themselves later but in each of the goals you saw the energy and the and the intensity that each player was approaching this game you know ox smashing one into the bottom corner sliding towards the cop and and pumping his fists and, and screaming to the fans, you know, uh, Firmino shirt off with the chip <laughs> Mane, Mane just mobbed, uh, you know, by the whole team after he smashes it into the top oh, corner. Yeah. And then, and then Sala mobbed in midfield with a, a knee slide in midfield and, a a fro shaking fist pump. Um, and it was just that level of intensity. You could tell Klopp got everyone up for this game in, in a way that, you know, 
it's it's rare to see that type of energy um, in the middle of the season, especially coming out of the festive period where you've played so many games. Um, and this team was just seething with with uh, with energy for this game. So Klopp got it exactly right. He got the team up for it and uh, and oh, yeah. performance to match. And we haven't heard for a couple of weeks now. With, with a couple episodes ago, we talked about. Klopp's rotation, like the the bill bewildering reaction that a lot of pundits have, and I mean he, what, what wrecked our season last year? Not only did we see a shift in formation yesterday, yet I mean yet again, like it, the whether it was four three three or four two three one, the midfield was a lot more packed than what it's typically been, and he's showing all the things that we've previously slated him for. Um, maybe the only lingering one might be substitutions, but he's still, he still seems to get that right somewhat lately too. So yeah. he's making the adjustments on the pitch, but then also prior to the match, he's, he's getting the, the players prep for it, which, which we realize we have to do. Otherwise we're going to be sunk in, in January and early part of the, the year. So, I mean, you can't give him enough credit. So now let's, now let's get into the, to the on the pitch performances. So I want to start at the back because I think this goes in increasing positivity. Um, (laughs) So we start, we start negative, but by the end of the episode, we'll be, we'll be back in the positive. So um, the, the one person who got absolutely crushed during the game yesterday um, was, was Loris Karius in goal. Everybody disappointed with the performance, mainly, uh, with his inability to stop Sané's blast at the near post. Um, yeah. So there was all, all kinds of discussion about Karius versus Mignolet, um, but is is that the discussion um, that we're having, or is it is it just who's seeing out the rest of the season until we can get in a, a solid replacement? I think it, it still needs to be Karius. He benefited from the fact that for the first goal, he absolutely should have stopped. Like there's no reason yes. hell of a strike by Sané, but there's no reason it's, it, it's right. It's right at him. Like he has the positioning down. He just can't make the save. Um, right. So there's no excuse for that one should have been stopped, but luckily for him, Ederson had uh, it, it, such a not necessarily that, but but he contributed to to some of the goals that we right. were able to score in the second half. That I think Ederson's performance and the fact that you know he had errors leading to goal, yeah, took some of the weight off of Carius. Um, you can say that the first the first goal for Sane was an error, but he he didn't really. He was pretty good in the air. He's going to be good with distribution. Yeah, um, didn't really have a lot of opportunities for you know, to be the sweeper keeper that, that he can be. Um, so I, I think he did just enough not to lose it. I'm not going to say right. he did enough to keep it, but he did just enough not to lose it. Um, because I don't think aside from that first goal, you can't really point to it and say, Oh, here's the case for Minulay to come back in. Cause Minulay is not stopping that either. Probably no. for the most part. Um, and well, Minulay is not going to be right. as commanding in the air or as good with distribution. So yeah, I think not just with Karius, but also with the arrival of Van Dyke, you have to kind of see how that back four and Karius will play out. As good as Robertson's been um, pairing uh, Van Dyke, Matip, and Gomez for his faults, um, you know, intermixed with Trent, uh, 
I think that's going to be the most telling thing with with a natural defensive leader in there. I think that will benefit carries too, although I don't know what <laughs> Van Dyke could have done anything to prevent the first. So we'll see. No. Um, so if if that's the case and you, you see Loris uh, seeing out the rest of the season as, as a number one, have we kind of seen the last of, of Mignolet as the as a first choice keeper um, at Liverpool? I think so, unless unless Carius just is abysmal, but his the the record that he has, especially when he's in goal or points four, is is really good. So I mean I don't know. He's gotta be <laughs> Minulay makes the same mistakes over and over again, so Carius should have a lot of leeway, which he hasn't necessarily had, which is a little bit surprising given that it was pretty clear that he was brought in to you know, take the number one spot from Mignolet too. So, right. but I just don't know. Aside from that, um, the, the the keepers that we're linked with, I I mean, I just don't know. There's Mignolet and Carius are are both talented, but we've said it time and time again that they're by far Carius is still a question mark, but Mignolet is by far the best or the worst keeper amongst the teams in the top six. Right. And that's now that we've signed Van Dyke. That is one of the most glaring positions where you say that's an automatic upgrade. But whether it's Allison for 40, <laughs> um, what's the other, the big one that O-Black. everybody likes, O'Block for, for 100. Was it 100? <laughs> I mean, just obliterating the previous. Yeah. I mean, transfer fees are, are ridiculous now, but that's still, <laughs> that's huge um, for a goalkeeper. But uh, I mean, take a look at, what De Gea does for United United just based on expected goals and expected goals allowed are somewhere like fifth or sixth. Yeah. So, and this is what I said to a buddy of mine on Twitter, you can give up good shots. You can give up good chances if you have a world-class keeper there. And we don't Carius wasn't able to save the first, the second, third. I don't, (laughs) second one's definitely not savable, but I mean, they don't, they haven't done enough to, move the points in our favor right as opposed to the mistakes that they made too but i i would stick with carius um unless we're <laughs> we're all in on 40 million for allison or 100 100 million for a block but even even as much as i've championed allison i don't know i was saying it with the guys yesterday is that i just don't know if it's it feels like the carius signing a little bit in terms of his quality um but then somebody rightfully pointed out that Allison happens to be the the starting number one for Brazil. So right. and Carius is far down uh, in Germany too. So we'll I, see. Uh, I personally would stick with Carius for the rest of the season. I I, I agree. I I don't think uh, seeking out a replacement now is is the right answer. Um, whoever we buy for whatever amount of money, you know, Van Dyke is one thing because he can come into the team and he can add something. Uh, but the amount of pressure that would be put on a number one coming in midseason, uh, every goal that he allowed, yeah. like any goal that went in, would just be absolutely picked apart. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's far more important now to focus on, you know, doing doing what we can with what we have, and, and Carius mm-hmm. having that ability to, um, to actually accumulate some some consistent time uh in the team because it is kind of right now he's been in and out um 
you know, first with the Champions League, and then and then now he's he's gotten some intermittent starts. Um, and I think just letting Carrius kind of prove, um, you know, whether or not he's a, a better choice than Mignolet, um, and and then in the summer seeking out, I think going out and getting that that world class level of keeper, whether it's Oblak or or Allison. Um, that's the because really what we need at, at keeper is we need a guy who is going to stop a very low number of shots per game, but they're going to be the ones he's going to be asked to save maybe high quality or, you know, yeah. those type of chances. Um, but he, we're not going to ask him to make, you know, like a, like a Sunderland or, um, or Mainz level of saves where they're asked to make, you know, eight or nine saves per game because they're playing, you know, top quality opposition. We're going, we're only going to ask them to make maybe three or five at the very most saves, um, per game. Cause we don't allow, oh, yeah. I think like our defense is, is one of the best in terms of shots allowed. Um, so we don't allow that many shots, but the ones that do end up coming in are pretty high quality. So you're asking that for that world-class save to bail you out and, you know, preserve points every once in a while, the type of save that we see De Gea make all the time. And, you know, if only we could get an Oblak or an Allison just by breaking our fax machine. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but such is not the case. So, um, so I think that's the type of quality that we need to look for, but I, I agree with you that uh, I just don't see Mignolet. I think rotation is going to happen, especially once the champions league picks back up. Yeah. Um, but I, I would like to see Carius just get a little bit more consistency in starting because I do see him as better in the air. He his distribution is very good. Um, he he very rarely puts a pass puts a pass wrong. Um, and then uh, you know you can ask the st- the shot stopping to get better, um, and and it certainly should. But I can't imagine it wouldn't with a little bit more consistent run in the team. So. Well, yeah, because you just think about the – he hasn't had that much time. So getting beat near post, the shot stopping could happen, right? Distribution, aerial challenges, I think that you can you can prep a little bit more for. But nobody in training is going, you know, five yards away from Karius and just blasting an 80-mile-an-hour <laughs> shot at him like Sané did too. So, right. but, but that comes from experience, and that's why so many keepers, De Gea included, struggle when they come to the premier league. Cause you've got some big, big Brits in there just flying around. So to, <laughs> to, there is that kind of that learning curve. And I think all keepers need the, the time to adjust and prove their worth. Um, I think Ederson this season for United or for city has just, has been an exception just because of how well he's fit into that team and, and solved just a huge glaring issue that they had. Um, but he also proved that you have to spend a shit ton of money, (laughs) even if you've already bought another goalkeeper, spend a shit ton of money to, to get the person that's going to be right for him too. So I just don't know for O'Block at a hundred million. Um, (laughs) I think you look at a a world-class midfielder for that price to, to come in, but yeah, I mean, you shouldn't, he shouldn't allow a goal in La Liga if he's worth a hundred (laughs) million. Maybe two or three to Barca, and that's that's about it right But now. think about coming, switching from that Atletico team to come to Liverpool, where Atletico's built more 
defensively, they're more defensively sound. Right. Um, you probably don't have those high quality chances that, you know, Liverpool keepers going to face. Um, cause we proved it yesterday, you know, we could <laughs> play safe and, you know, try to sit back a little bit and defend, but we're not built for that. So just like right. Firmino says, fuck it. Whenever he pops his shirt off after a goal, <laughs> then, you know, whoever we bring in has got to be ready for a shit show yeah. back there too. So I say, give Carius a shot. I, I agree with you. So mo- moving one one step forward into the defense. So I, I grouped three of our defenders together um, this time because they had kind of similar performances, like solid, solid, but not spotless um, yeah. across the board. But uh, I grouped our, our right back and our two center backs, Gomez, Matip and Lovren into into this one discussion. And uh, and, and like you said here for for a discussion question, how important was missing Van Dyke and and do those second two city goals happen if he if he's in the team rather than than Dejan Captain I don't think Dejan so. <laughs> Captain De- yeah I I threw up a little bit in my mouth when I heard that because uh, Lovren was Lovren and even as much crap as he got in Matip was kind of Matip and Gomez same problems but if you look at the second and the third goal I don't think either of those happen with Van Dyke in there. And I put it in because so many people said one defender is not going to fix our defensive issues. And I think that's true, but, <laughs> but he's, uh, what he showed us for, for Everton and, you know, probably not this year, but previous year for Southampton is that that's the type of player that is, is going to command that area. And for the second goal, you know, as a, it took a deflection and somebody hit it in, but I think what Van Dyke has shown with his positioning and the command of the area is that he can snuff that out. Same for the third one. And it, it makes sense that you group Gomez, Matip and Lovren together. Cause like you said, they were all solid, but they all had mistakes leading to a goal. Gomez and Matip combine not so much Matip on the first one, but he could have defended better. Um, Lovren for the third, where he misses a tackle tracks back and can't, can't win the aerial duel that's just a simple lofted ball right so especially with van dyke in there at worst that's a 4-2 game um it's not always as easy in football to swap out pieces but just putting him there prevents that that second goal from happening and all you know all of our our butts are a little bit looser um (laughs) in the last five ten minutes but but no i mean gomez i can still forgive even though this is maybe his fourth or fifth time making the same mistake. Uh, but I think <laughs> the mistakes that he's showing are mistakes that a center back playing at right back is going to make right over tracking, over tracking balls, over playing. Um, but no, I think Van Dyke is, is that one player that, that will stop those goals. Same reason, same for a goalkeeper bringing in a new goalkeeper is not going to solve our defensive issues. But there's a couple for this Liverpool squad. There's a couple moments in just about every match, it seems, where it's either a mistake or it's a chance gifted to the opposition, and one or two players can <laughs> cut cut those mistakes out. So that's what we said for a while. So um, I don't know. I can't. I'm I'm excited to see Van Dyke get back in, and I wonder how injured he really was, or if Klopp was just trying to not throw him to the wolves against, you know, the best attacking team we've seen in a long time. Yeah, that, that may have been, um, I think, I think Lovren and Matip, uh, and Gomez acquitted, acquitted themselves 
fairly well um, for the first, you know, basically 75 minutes. Yeah. Um, Gomez had hit. It was his mistake that let Sané in. Um, and it was a case of, of over committing to, to try to win a ball. But um, that does raise the question because Gomez has, has had some, uh, some mistakes in recent weeks and, and not to say that we're not, you know, uh, they're not forgivable because it, it, you know, it's a win. So um, we can't be too harsh. And and he is young and he is learning. But uh, Trent Alexander Arnold waiting in the wings. Um, we haven't seen those types of mistakes from Trent. We've seen other, um, I think, issues from Trent, but defensively not so much the uh, the overcommitment or the. Uh, you know, failing to track back, we see more. Yeah. We see more over aggression going forward from from Trent. Um, but is Gomez Trent, is that going to continue to be a uh, a sticking point for Klopp of who to select at right back? I, I think it's going to be business as usual for them, where the the Carius decision was it, it was pretty much a statement. This is this is now our number one goalkeeper. Whereas I think it's still just going to be the exact same approach that he's been taking. I think Gomez still didn't do didn't do enough to lose his spot. Um, so we'll see him and and Trent cycle through. But is as bad as the mistake was for Gomez, and you know every time he does it, just kind of gets worse and worse. But it's the one, probably the only one thing that he's needed to improve on because in every what City weren't able to do in this match. The first thing, what I told you, what I told you, I was nervous about on the previous ones, were there the the simple one twos that Gomez struggled against against Arsenal, and they they completely crushed that. Like De Bruyne got a lot of credit for the game, I, but he was more of a one man show in their midfield at best. Uh, I think they definitely definitely missed uh, Silva being in their midfield, but even still, that's an, an incredible good one coming in for for Silva. Um, he, they were able to stop, and this was a team effort. They were able to stop the one-twos, but City use with so well that you have to have a player like Gomez that's so good in those one-on-one situations. I'm more confident with Gomez in those situations than I am with Trent, and I don't know. The game, you say you can put in, put in Van Dyke and the second, definitely the third goal doesn't happen. I don't know what happens if, if Trent's in that game. I don't know if we defend as well because they were definitely, they were definitely attacking the wings, but Gomez aside from his error did really well. Robertson, we can't say, can't say enough good things about him because he's, he is to me is he's the new Klein for left back. I saw some that some sites rated him really highly. Others gave him a really low kind of match score, which was bewildering given the amount of defensive actions he was involved in. Yeah, I uh so moving on to to Robertson and I do want to give credit to Gomez in this as well. So the what we talked about on the previous pod in our build up to this match against City was we were concerned about the fullback positions because we knew that City very much like Liverpool rely on on their wingers and and the fact that, you know, Sterling and Sané are involved in so many goals for City is, you know, indicative of the amount that they rely on them. So we were concerned, you know, and we talked about how Gomez and Robertson was the that was the fullback pairing that we that we thought would get the job done uh, against these wingers. And it's I think 
not enough, you know, not enough credit is given. Yes, Sané scored, um, but it certainly was not the high flying um, city that we've seen in the past, where Sané and Sterling are just marauding down the wings and cutting in and having shots. Um, oh yeah, and at one point in the first half, credit credit to Andy Robertson because I mean I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He was all over the place. Um, and credit literally being all over the place when he's pressing the keeper and Otamendi. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I, I just oh wish it had what, resulted in a goal. Um, what, what minute was that? Because it was, that was like the, the score 70th, was still 4 1 at the time, right? It was like 70 or 75. <laughs> and he's and pressing he goes, the keeper. He goes after like five people. Yeah. Like we're, we're all laughing about it. Like, oh, he's going to go get another one. And then he kept doing it. Yeah. I've never oh, seen. It was brilliant. I've never seen anything like that. And that's what I, I love that that energy from him. And that was, you know, for 90 minutes, uh, he was he was fully committed. Um, but credit to him, because I think probably about 20 or 25 minutes into the game, at one point, Sterling and Sané switched wings, because I think initially Pep's plan was to go, you know, De Bruyne to Sterling and, yeah. and kind of go after Robertson down that left. And they found out in the, you know, after 25 minutes of banging their heads against the wall, they were like, all right, that's just not working. <laughs> so they, they actually switched wings um, for a period in that first half. Um, Sterling, you know, couldn't get out of Robertson's pocket. Um, yeah. Absolutely shut down. And uh, yeah, it was it was uh, the type of performance uh, from Robertson that just is cementing that that idea of. You know, he he does provide something going forward. Um, he's, you know, perhaps not quite as as marauding or what's the term that they would use? Swashbuckling as uh, <laughs> as other, uh, you know, who is who is they in this? That's that's just like the British, the British media. <laughs> it's probably Danny Murphy. Is he not the worst? Just as a quick aside, is he not the worst? Ex, like him and Michael Owen are right up there for worst ex Liverpool uh, pundits. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say pundits in general, and I wanted to say Stu Holding. Oh yeah, no, would Stu, definitely fall Stu Holding. That, I, I'm no, saying ex Liverpool. Yeah, Stu Holding just, is trash. Yeah, no, just that's... miserable. Danny Murphy was he the one that said? That Nabi uh, Keita doesn't have the uh, <laughs> the required not as creative as Mascherano, yeah, yeah, not as creative <laughs> as Mascherano. <laughs> as he's blasting in thirty yard thirty yard goals in the Bundesliga, like for fun. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. So so Andy Robertson, I, I'm 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 gushing over Andy Robertson, but he he had that type of performance where I, I don't Moreno hadn't done a whole lot wrong this season. Um, but aside from rotation, I don't see any reason that Moreno should be playing at left back in a, in a starting capacity again, maybe against weaker opposition that we're really trying to break down. Um, and he can just stay forward almost in a left wing versus a, and just overload with Mane. Um, but Robertson offers stuff going forward too. So I, I just don't really see the need because, we talked about it last week and, and it was confirmed, you know, this week against one of the best offenses, you know, the best offense in the Premier League in the Premier League, that Robertson just doesn't make me nervous when he's tracking back. He yeah. he has it covered. And Everton tried the same thing for just like you said, mm-hmm. for City. First first part of the at the start of the match, 
they're going and they're going directly at him. Yeah. And it's not so much, you know, Belasi coming at him like Everton. This is Sterling is on like arguably his career high right now. Yeah. Where I mean, form, of, form of his life. He yeah, just unbelievable form and the the goals assist that he's racking up per ninety are, are amazing, mm-hmm. and he couldn't he couldn't do a thing even to the point yeah. where he was frustrated, pushed Robertson, what he got subbed off in the seventieth seventy second minute or something like that. Yeah, because he had too. a yellow so, card. I mean, defensively, Robertson is that's what I said. I, I it, he reminds me of of Klein. Yeah, where it's not. I think he, offensively, I think he delivers a better ball than Klein. Yeah. He's got he's got a strike on him, same as Klein too, for sure. But it's not, I, I guess, swashbuckling. There's not there's not a lot of uh, <laughs> I don't there's not a lot of fluff with it, right? It's just yeah. no nonsense. good accurate crosses. But same thing, it, it, it's almost switch. Gomez, um, you know, eleven Tegan eleven are go to for yeah. pass maps. Gomez was much higher, and I think he had a couple of pretty decent runs um, and, oh, and dribbling actions that absolutely. that influenced it but no Robertson played it safe but you're playing you know Manchester City 60 yeah. some odd goals already this Premier League season you can't have both fullbacks bombing forward so yeah that that's been a that's been a bright spot and I can only imagine with Van Dyke and if Klein was healthy and not doing weird things with balloons <laughs> at clubs then maybe <laughs> then then maybe we could have uh, a city type defense right where you're always capable of leaking goals but you can have a really good defensive record because every single one of those defenders are sound. It's right. Klein's basically Gomez this season, but without the errors. Yeah. And, uh, and speaking on, on Sterling with Robertson, having shut him down and, and frustrated him to such a point um, that makes two, two games in a row that I've, that a player's been on a yellow card and I've never wanted a red card more um, <laughs> to come out for him. And that was, that was Wayne Rooney in, in yep. the Derby. I, Oh my God, I couldn't, I thought for sure for he sure. was going to get sent off. Yeah, credit um, to Fat Sam. Yeah, for subbing he, him off. He pulled him because like Rudy was out for minute. blood. Yeah, that oh, match. Oh yeah, no studs up every challenge. Like oh, I was just waiting. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to get sent off, and that's what. So Sterling, um, obviously, he got the booking for the for the shove um, eventually, but arguably should have already been on a yellow because that was a horrific dive in the oh uh, yeah in the penalty area the in the first couple of minutes of the game yeah um just pathetic so clustered it was tough to see but on the replay what he steps on i think it's chan's foot yeah and then just goes straight down just goes (laughs) yeah just a horrible dive so that's that's all I'll say about Sterling, but it was it was refreshing, and it's something that we've seen um, in his performances against Liverpool. He's just, especially when he's back at Anfield, it's like, it's like he's haunted. He one. just he's cursed. So I thought whenever you put on the agenda snake calls, I mm-hmm. thought for sure you were talking, and this is a good transition yeah. because the Robertson uh, photoshopped image that I loved was him charming a snake, <laughs> the snake charmer, with, yeah. with, with Raheem Sterling's face right. on the snake. So yeah. LFC Twitter credit, credit to your, your business savviness on websites and, and now on Photoshop <laughs> with, uh, with just, that one, yeah, but crushing it. No, no, no. So apparently the, the snake calls. Yeah. Um, now when we say snake calls, we're that just a hiss. Right. Yeah. So people, people, uh, people behind had like recorders or no, no, no. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But tell me more about that because I was I was surprised by that one. So uh, 
I, I don't know who they were because I've never seen these guys uh, in attendance at, at LFC Austin before. But we were at we were at BD Riley's uh, up in Mueller, this nice little development in North Austin. And uh, we're at the match. Tons of Reds in attendance. I don't know if you were able to see the the gram, oh, but I felt bad whenever was... I would post you would post a story <laughs> <laughs> and I, post, you know, it's it's our like four or five Liverpool fans. And then like no, I know. 10 other people that are there for a Sunday roast. So right. we didn't have quite the enthusiasm, but no, no, it was amazing turnout. Yeah. So a great, a great turnout. I mean, it's similar to, similar to you being, uh, to you being at, uh, LFC, you know, OLSC Chicago, um, and a hundred people yeah. being there for, you know, a game against Swansea. This was, you know, one of the biggest matches of the season. And, and we got, I think about a hundred, uh, came out. It was it, definitely a good turnout, but all of a sudden about, 20 to it might have even been the second half um me and me and uh me and erica are sitting at the bar watching the game and and behind us all of a sudden are the are you know these guys uh they're watching the game as well liverpool swagged out and i swear to god <laughs> they have and hopefully they're not listening but well actually i hope they are i hope they are <laughs> no, what if, we can't they afford have, any they have the absolute any lack of viewers <laughs> or listeners <laughs> they have the absolute worst uh, opinions of all time, and and I'll get to this a little bit, get back to them a little bit later. But the one that really surprised me was Emery Chan's on the ball. They're dribbling away, and a guy literally yells "snake." Like, oh, so he, he's going he to Juventus. Out he's snake, a fucking snake. Just a- <laughs> yeah, no, it was like it was crazy. Like, and uh, and everything he did, there were there were a couple of people who would like talk about Chan and, and say like, Oh, it's such bullshit. Cause he's, he's moving and all this stuff. What, what I don't get is if, if a guy is going to be out of contract, like he's, you know, his contract is expiring. There's no news about whether he's even been offered a deal or whether, you know, whether we've even come close to meeting yeah. his terms um, or anything like that. To me, like, Unless a player is doing a sterling where he's saying, I'm not signing a new contract unless it's for 250000 a week, you yeah. know, way over his, evalu- his, his uh, valuation, like way over what he should be making and something yeah. that's destructive to the club's finances, destructive to the wage structure. Um, you know, we haven't gotten that news from Chan. We haven't. No one's no one said, oh, he's he's demanding, you know, a 10 million pound release clause or anything like that. He, yeah, I we know that he's asking for a release clause, but, but no one knows what it is. No one knows what his wage has been proposed or anything like that. So all of these snake calls and like, Oh, you know, just go to Italy already. Like if you're going to leave the club, I don't want to like, if you're not committed, then I don't want to see you. He's committed. I mean, you see him put in the shift, a shift like he did. He's not auditioning for anybody. If he, if he had already agreed a move to Juventus, then he, he doesn't need to impress anyone. He doesn't yeah. need to put in a performance, but he did. So to me, all of this, all of this news of, oh, he's already off and he doesn't care anymore. And, and if he's going to leave, he should just leave. I, I just think it's absurd. Like the, the player is putting in a performance for the club and he, he put in a brilliant one uh, against City. And, and I just think all this derision is, is crazy. Yeah. Well, especially what has he been linked with? Like, for Juventus, like the reported salary was like sixty or eighty, 
Yeah, like and it's not. It's we every LSC Twitter saw that and just said throw, throw whatever you know the meme. Take my money, meme. Like just <laughs> chance easily a hundred hundred thousand plus a week player. So, Absolutely. like we said last time, if <laughs> if release clauses or no release clause doesn't really mean anything or carries any weight other than you know a bargaining chip, put it in there because Chan. Chan in a six is is what we need. Yeah. He and against City, I could. I mean, even City's always going to have possession. Yeah. And our our what what our win rate whenever we have less possession is is outstanding. But <laughs> if if you look if you look at the pass maps, and obviously our front three is going to do, do this. But what Chan and Genie Genie was a little bit, I guess maybe a little bit louder in his performance. I think he sure. was a little bit more noticeable. Yeah. Which is exactly what we need from Winaldo. But yeah. granted, we're playing at home against top opposition, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I think Swansea next, but <laughs> but. Chan was that was a performance that we needed where even like much better than Everton where he didn't track back everybody was covered the those kind of in between the space uh, was was something that we operated so well at and looking at City's average positioning they still had the ball but they had the ball in their half you know it wasn't it, it wasn't City's you know dominating pass map where it's basically right in front of the opposition's goal so the performance that Chad had, that Chan had then, once, I don't know what direction it's going to go, but you know we've got some Instagram evidence of maybe <laughs> it's it's shifting in our favor. But I think I think the the contract situation, without a doubt, has impacted his performances this season. But what he did against City is it it shows us why why we can't lose him, not not just in general, but especially on a free. Like yeah. why we need Emery Chan. I think Dan Kennett or somebody else said, you know, that's a fifty it's a fifty million dollar replacement <laughs> if if Chan leaves. Easy. That's that's what baffles me about people who are saying, Oh, if you want to go, just go. If you don't want to wear the shirt, whatever. The if if they don't sign Chan to a new contract, it's it's an absolutely horrible piece of business by the club. And yeah. it weaken it weakens the side. I mean, as as much as, you know, you can talk about the sale of players throughout the years. There's nothing that would be more damaging than losing a player with market value, you know, around 50 million that you bought for 10, uh, that, <laughs> a German national that you lose, speak. that you lose for zero. And that, that's just, I mean, that's just, that would be borderline criminal, um, from the club to, to actually oversee something like that. Um, where a player leaves for on a free, for for no reason um yeah but with that being said yeah it was uh Lovren and moreno fueling the rumors in the comments <laughs> of chan's instagram post following the game i thought it was sturridge involved in there too oh yeah sturridge so sturridge what, also i gotta i gotta dig this one up what was money what were the comments that they made tons of money like money emojis <laughs> with like thumbs up and or like uh yeah, we'll we'll take a look. Um, oh, I've I've got it. So okay. it was the actually the first thing when I go to Instagram yeah. and all of the all of the photos that you should supposedly like. Embarrassing a life you lead, but <laughs> so this one is by at LFC Myth on Instagram. Okay, we have um, Lovren, Jeannie Wijnaldum, and 
Chan featured in this photo, originally posted by Lovren, right? Yes, I believe so. I think so. Okay. So it has a big X. Ian Chan, and it says Juventus on Jeannie Wijnaldum. Not sure what that means. It says, has Emery Chan signed a new contract? But it reads like, has Emery can because they didn't capitalize the C. Um, <laughs> Deja We're off to a Rock bad start. And wink face. And Danderich, Kerching, money symbol, money symbol. All oh, money symbol dollars, a flying money symbol, money symbol in yen, euros, and pounds, and a bag of cash. <laughs> and AMP LFC is at Alberto Moreno, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, bag of cash, bag of cash, and two fists pounding each other. So that is now fueling. <laughs> LFC Twitter and Instagram is <laughs> have really sunk their teeth into this one. Yeah. I, I the bottom line, I th- I think. If he signs a new contract now, it'll be a huge boost for the team the rest of the season. Um, just not having to worry about it. Huge boost for him personally too. Um, just not having to to have that contract situation hang over his head. Um, and if he can sort it now, that that's a best case scenario. Yeah. Um, it's also, I mean, I don't know what the hell that means. Maybe he signed a new contract with Juventus and it's for <laughs> an incredible amount of money, or maybe it's yeah, the players Kerchin. urging him to sign. You know, it's yeah. it, it's the most ridiculous of speculation, but yeah. at least it was a positive because LFC Twitter prior to the city match, we were we were on a deep low. Yeah. We were on a low because what? Kite is not coming. Right. And which now leads me to believe that he is. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. New update on Goretzka the, uh, is that he's the, going to Bayern. Um, right. Not in for Lamar. Yeah. Supposedly. Van Dyke. Van Dyke, um, Van Dyke injured. It, yeah. Scenes. Scenes on LFC. Bad Twitter News Pierce now. was all over the all over the shop. <laughs> um, God bless him. Yeah. He does. He does the Lord's work. The, the tough. <laughs> the tough job. He's like a he's like an Emre Chan type player where he has to do the dirty work. That's What's the you know. from the Dark Knight where he says you have to plunge your hands into the filth so that everybody else can keep theirs clean? Um, that is <laughs> that James is James Pierce, Pierce yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. So <laughs> Dark Knight. So a player, a player that we we had some 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 tough love for, um, I think in our in our last episode, but but really acquitted himself well. And you already brought him up, but that that's Jeannie Vinaldum. Yeah. Um, and I, I do want to commit some time to to his performance because. It is exactly almost what we didn't think we were getting in Genia Vinaldum, um, <laughs> because we thought we were getting an attacking midfielder with a with an eye for goal, um, but he's turned into this box to box kind of control the space, control the ball type player uh, who plays through tight situations yeah. and and doesn't do a lot going forward, but ha- in this game in particular did a lot in terms of that transition from defending to attack. So what is it about Jeannie Vidaldum, the defensive midfielder that, that has made, <laughs> made such an impression in this match? Dare, dare we say that Jeannie and Chan operated in a double pivot yesterday? <laughs> Maybe. I, I think, know. I think we but... may need to venture into that. Cause <laughs> I mean, it, it, there's, there is a, I think there's something to be said that Ox was part of a midfield three. It wasn't a pure, two-man midfield like we've seen in the past um yeah but because ox was helping kind of kind of gum up that midfield for 
for city and kind of stop kind of stop things um going forward but but it was definitely a more defensive minded performance out of Chan and Vinaldum than it obviously uh you know Ox was was far more focused on on the attacking part yeah. and and there's no player that's really exempt from pressing in in a Klopp team so no um, and that's why it's tough to say 433 4231 god knows whatever else is because it's such a dynamic team right is that it's almost it's really there are a couple moments where City had possession, had to play it long, where you could see Firmino up top pressing and a solid five flooding the midfield. But that's just because Ox was definitely in a more advanced position, but he wasn't always stationed there because he had a ton of, of dribble action, same as, as Genie. And I think that's why they were a little bit more noticeable than Chan. Right. But what I like about Chan and Wijnaldum was their defensive contribution basically equaled um, – are, are, are aside from Robertson, who was outstanding, they, they offered the protection that that we've we've called on. Not necessarily, I think against City, it takes literally two people. Um, but we've <laughs> asked Chan to do Chan to do prior, like the amount of of tackles and interceptions they had. Because think about that for this Liverpool squad, every tackle, every inter- interception with the front three that we have, and with Ox now in the midfield, is going to be a chance at goal and. Is as firing as we were in the second half. The first half was a little bit of a struggle. Like we had opportunities were created, but we weren't able to get that final ball off. It was there. And even when Aldum had a couple where he was, you know, just had the Lalana syndrome of one too many touches <laughs> or couldn't, yeah. couldn't get it done in the final third. Yeah. But yeah, he's been uh, now we can overlook it given that, you know, given that our way. front three was firing so well. Yeah. And Ox too. Yeah. So, so with, with Von Aldem, I, j- I just think it is, um, there was something about him and Chan in that, in that midfield that when I look, I looked across and you, and you look at the big money defensive minded midfielders that have been spent and, and one was on the other side of the ball, Fernandinho. Yeah. And I wouldn't have traded Chan or Von Aldem for Fernandinho, um, in this match. And that, I think that's what, when I, when I think about some of the, you know, some of the top defensive midfielders um, or at least those that are, that are mentioned so often. I don't know that, you know, if you stick one of those top guys in the premier league into those positions, uh, I don't know that they do a better job than what Chan and Jeannie did in this, uh, in this match against city. Yeah. And, and this is why I think maybe even against we, we've got two teams really. Right. And it's not, due to our tactics, it's because of the way opposition will set up against us. And the reason why we look so good against Arsenal's against cities is because same thing that we, we talked about earlier, it, it could be the top teams in Europe. If you go at this Liverpool team, they're just going to press you to death. They're going to force turnovers. This is city looked like city from a couple years ago because they were forced into so many turnovers too. So, but the question becomes, what is the point of, a uh, a, a genie and, and Emery Chan duo like they were against city. If you're playing Burnley Stoke, you know, full on fat Sam Everton, then, <laughs> then that's when you still have to have one of them, but then that's where it becomes when autumn for Lalana or putting somebody a little bit more dynamic in there. Um, but that's where I think 
Losing Coutinho, we didn't necessarily see it against City. You would think we might. If we needed a big goal, then maybe. But I don't know. With, with That's where I think we'll, we'll really miss Phil. He, he scored huge goals, but breaking down opposition teams, that's why, to me, getting in Kaita early would be as as big as as big as you could get because he is that dynamic midfielder that's going to create off the dribble and credit to Wijnaldum. He did that. He did that yesterday. He didn't have a ton of chances created, but off the dribble, he was able almost like hockey assist, right? Able to distribute it. There was one, was it for, was it for Firmino? The second where he just played a little dink lofted pass over the city midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. And so Ox was able to free up, uh, Firmino on the break too. And, you know, Firmino provided pure sex, filth, whatever you want to call Absolutely. it. But it it started with a solid defense, linking up with Wijnaldum, and actually had a bit of creativity, which we haven't always seen from him, too. So yeah. that big matches, I think Chan and, and Wijnaldum are, are, are a two that we can look for. But sure. you got to do something against, you know, our, our next match, what, here in a week or so when we play Swansea. Yeah. Could be could be a very different team yeah. that we're facing. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Genie looking at genie and and you can see exactly where where nobby's going to come in and and make a difference uh in that box to box kind of role uh if chan is playing in the six you've got you know nobby in the eight and then ox forward to him and and that's quite a that's quite a midfield you can have to break down those lesser teams but but speaking of ox and um the amount of times he's been called the ox uh, in the post-match <laughs> reviews that I've seen by by actual people who are on television is just embarrassing. But yeah, um, but but Oxley Chamberlain, uh, I think in that in that moment where he collected the ball and saw that space to attack, uh, he he almost ran through a portal back to the the player that everyone kind of thought he was coming out of yeah. coming out of Arsenal and that. It was it was very much a a change I think um, in his in the perception of him because I I'll I'll say against against Burnley um, you know New Year's Day and and in some of those tough games where we do have to break teams down and he hasn't been as direct as we probably want um, and when that space opened up for him he made no mistake didn't think twice about it attacked it saw the saw the opportunity and took it brilliantly. Uh, yeah. and that's the type of player that we need in in the absence of Phil. So Ox showed, I think, in this match exactly where he he can slot into that I'm not expecting him to score, you know, 30 yard wonder goals like like Phil did. But to run at the defense like that and cause, you know, extra dilemmas for that defense where they're not gonna just dump it out wide to to Salah or um, you know, hope that Firmino can can hold it up and and play someone in Ox providing that extra dilemma going forward that fourth problem to deal with um for for a backline I I think that's that's where he made the difference and and he made a difference in this match against City yeah uh we we we're gonna miss the directness of Phil but Ox had five successful uh dribbles against City um the entire match was only dispossessed twice so that, wow. especially against a city team, that, that's as good as that. And Ox, I think, had the most, I think, the most touches for on the Liverpool team. Um, even though I'm going to keep calling, I tried not to call him Ox at the start 
because old Manhattan Doc slash um, whatever new oh yeah dire Captain, anal whatever Captain, whatever it is Captain Arsbiscuits. he he was very yeah Captain Arsbiscuits. Um, he's very down <laughs> on Chamberlain very down he's what like hates hates that we even bought him oh uh, called him Chamberlades yeah was Oxalades. was the was the go to <laughs> or Oxalades maybe they're aids Both. they're aids somewhere Both, probably a lot of aids a lot of aids. It's what you get with man, man and doc, but yeah. the, uh, I don't know. I couldn't like, I tried AOC that sounded like a, a sorority. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to stick with ox. But yeah. The ox. The that, ox is uh, just cringy. Yeah. That, yeah, that, that doesn't feel right. Um, yeah. but no, he, he's offered, I think he offered the directness that Phil typically would have provided. Um, I don't know if he'll do it as consistently against Phil, but then again, Phil didn't do it that much until the last season, True. maybe season and a half for us. <laughs> Yeah, no, and it was just refreshing to see that that type of energy in an attacking position. And I think in that role, um, Oxlade Chamberlain could be some player for us. And and I want to take a quick aside, just talking about Oxlade Chamberlain. I, I brought it up on Twitter, but uh, in the game right before Liverpool took on City, uh, <laughs> Oxlade Chamberlain's old employer. Uh, went down to Bur- to Bournemouth and uh, and a goal by Jordan Ibe to win it for Bournemouth against oh, Arsenal. I'm so glad you brought it up. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to to talk about it briefly just because. So Jordan Ibe, I, he was one of our favorite players, I think, and one of yours for sure. But oh yeah, but one of our favorite players in uh, in the you know the 15 16 the or you know 14 15 15 16 era of of Liverpool, just a very lean couple of years tough 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 times <laughs> um but i was one of the one of the few bright spots where we saw a young player who could really who could really take on a defense and um there were some definite shortcomings that we saw and and some stuff that we wanted you know more out of we wanted him to run it to run it defenders more and and take yeah. people on and continue that pace on the counter but there was so much hanging over him with this getting this goal in the in the league for Bournemouth and I'm just so happy to see it come <laughs> at such a vital time for his club and and oh and, yeah you know what a um what a what a result uh for Bournemouth part one but also you know what a what a like relief for a young player like Jordan Ibe that has just had so much expectation yeah um, and just hasn't hasn't quite lived up to it but uh happy to see him get his goal what 55 55 games without a goal for Bournemouth. He's chipped in some assists. Yeah. Um, but no, I, especially with the way the table is, I mean, <laughs> the middle of the pack and then even on down from the middle to the bottom, I mean, that three point, not only did it, did it help Liverpool yeah. immensely? Now we're what? Eight, I think eight up on Arsenal. Eight clear of Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's crucial for them because that middle is going to be pretty packed with them. Um, Lester and, I'm hoping for an Everton implosion. Uh, <laughs> well, via, they, they have via uh, Fat Sam, but they've lost four straight now. <laughs> after a couple, after a couple results under Sam, they uh, they've lost now four straight. So, yeah, I'll, I'll like to see them tumble back down. Yeah. But no, um, amazing, amazing for Ibe. I was, I, I wanted, like you said, <laughs> that I hope I get my Ibe kit for the match. But <laughs> now I, I only brought a couple with me to. Yeah. Um, to CDMX, but I, I was I was thinking about it too. So now yeah. over the moon for him. So speaking of, speaking of the goals, so Oxlade Chamberlain scores with the the opener with with a just brilliant low strike. But 
we're moving in out of the midfield and, and into the forwards now. And that front that front three or, you know, front four, whatever you want to call it, grabbing the goals. Um all four absolutely spectacular. Um Golazos at every turn. Yeah. So we'll start with we'll start with this before we get into a deeper conversation. But of the four, which which was the best? At at the time, and even hearing the biggest was the second one. I mean, our, uh, Ox getting the the opener, I think, set the tone for the. Oh, match. absolutely. But Firmino's second was just that everything started clicking after that moment. Yep. And <laughs> but at the time, I was like, oh, we just kind of like curled it around. I thought maybe Ederson got a touch to it. I was like, oh, good goal. Watching it back, <laughs> it's uh, I haven't seen a goal like that in a long time. Yeah. A, a curled chip that that only Bobby Firmino could could put in and then like I like I saw on his Instagram story then celebrate by rocking the retro uh, Orlando Magic Penny Anthony Hardaway jersey afterwards too. <laughs> but <laughs> but at the time Mane's uh, Mane's left-footed strike yeah was just an absolute blast yeah. that that I I don't know we we erupted after oh. after all of them, but Mane's was just I don't know I love a good Gerard esque you know eighteen twenty twenty five yard blast that is unstoppable. So I think Mane's was my favorite. For me, for Minos was uh, was definitely the best, which is yeah. insane considering Salah scored like a 35, 40, <laughs> 35, 40 yarder. So yeah. that's where we're at with our attacking. No, I, yeah, it's a it's an embarrassment of riches right now um, in that in that front that front three. Uh, Salah's goal was was just the the cherry on top for me. Just yeah, and and I think uh, I think it was even uh, when I watched the highlights back with Martin Tyler. Um, which to, to talk about that briefly, if you've heard the sky highlights, so we talked last week about how Martin Tyler is definitely biased, you know, and, and just yeah. his, his, and it's in, uh, for Van Dyke's winner against Everton, it, you know, in stop, <laughs> like, you know, in the dying minutes of the game, <laughs> the, in the, the, friendly the brand new signing scores a header to win it for Liverpool. And he, <laughs> he just has this just morose reaction you know just completely it's van dyke and oh, it's, it's in and it's in oh it's in. <laughs> it's in um so uh juxtapose that with his reaction to each liverpool goal today <laughs> or you know yesterday against city he he was over the moon about oxlade chamberlain um called called uh bobby firmino uh god what did he say was it, Bobby, it was like Bobby Incredible or, or Bobby, Bobby Phenomenal. Yeah, Bobby like Fantastic. I don't know. Fantastic it was like it was so. either way. Um, and I did see a few posts on posts on Twitter uh, about uh, a Bobby Bobby F. You know, at <laughs> added again for Liverpool and talking about you know Robbie Fowler and Bobby Firmino. So gotta love that Com- the compar- comparison to you know one of the all time greats. Um, who apparently scored a very similar goal against United. I saw the side yeah, by side. Yeah, that, that was, was a good clip. A good good eye from some of the uh, you know, old school uh Liverpool fans. But um but then when Salah's went or excuse me, when Mane's went in, 
his call of his call of <laughs> can he pick the right option you better believe it it was <laughs> he was he flipped out and i was like who where was this guy when van dyke was heading in against everton in the 90th minute well, it's uh, because we were playing city yeah he he <laughs> loved the the fact that city were losing um and yeah it, i just i don't know tyler tyler the mank confirmed but uh but anyways, I, I'll go for – so I, I enjoyed Bobby's immensely, and I think it was a turning point because it yeah. – just the the fact that he beats Stones to the ball and, and Stones, you know, thinking that he was fouled, but really it's just shrugged <laughs> off. It's a it's a classic English forwards type of yeah. uh, type of goal from a from a Brazilian. Um, but uh, but Mane's had had a cathartic quality to my and and oh, kind yeah. of reminded me to uh, reminded me also of um, Suarez's goal against Norwich back in like 2012. You're gonna have to be more specific. Yeah, there, yeah. There were, <laughs> there were a lot. No, uh, do you remember the goal? So we were wearing the the just horrendous warrior uh, purple oh, and orange. The purple. Yep. Not the purple and black. The purple and orange. Uh, oh, the tribal, the, the tribal, the from, tribal from the one. year before. Ooh. Yeah. 12, 13, 12, 13. Yeah. So the year oh. before Suarez really exploded, but, um, at Carroll road, he, he misses kind of a, an open opportunity and he's getting just shouted, shouted at by the Norwich supporters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just completely ridden down and immediately following that dispossesses the defender and then scores with the outside of his boot curling into the you know curling into the into the far corner and <laughs> and then runs right by him and just gives him all the giant like fuck you you know because <laughs> like, oh, yeah. he had just been just been you know ridiculed so for me Mane's had a similar quality of he's just hit a brilliant strike that just doesn't quite curl enough and strikes the outside of the post and goes out and Everyone's saying, oh, is Liverpool going to regret that because City gave it up in a bad position and, you know, Mane didn't take the chance. And the guys behind me are talking shit. And this is what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, people yeah. are going after Mane for every The same, the same thing. Chan snake charmers? Yeah. No, same guys. And that's why I said, oh. like, just, just absolute shit from them for the entire game. Just terrible takes at every, at every turn. But, but Mane takes that shot, it hits the post, and they're like, oh, Mane, like, how can you not score that, blah, blah, blah. It was a brilliant strike. It just didn't quite curl enough. Yeah. Beat no, Ederson all ends up. Hit. Just a, a fantastic strike. So yeah. the fact that seconds later, Sala presses <laughs> Otamendi into a mistake, finds Mane, and he has nothing on his mind except I'm getting this, I'm getting this onto my left foot, and I'm going to put this in the top corner. And he did exactly that. And that's what just smashes it into the oh, top corner and then ran straight in front of the city fans <laughs> and was just mobbed by his teammates. Oh, it was absolutely awesome. And I half wanted to turn around and just like slap the dudes <laughs> because because they they've been getting on Mane for it's just the new it's the new. Yeah, he's, uh, the, he's the scapegoat. He, now. Yeah. From the front three, because so, you know, Sala does such little wrong from, you know, does such little wrong. That any time there's any chance, it's just oh, Mane's not on form. He's not. He's not his yeah. old self, and it's just crazy because he's such a good player. Um, well, and he's this, done so well. what we've been saying too is Sa- or Mane off form has now two two incredible goals 
uh, yeah. in, a, in a back heel assist. And he yeah. could have had, uh, uh, you know, the, the one that he hit off the post could have been, could have been, you know, an yeah. equally amazing goal too. So yeah, I'll exactly. take poor form Mane over, you know, 99% of the players in the world. So, yeah. Um, so we talked best goal. So of the four celebrations, now that we talked about them, which, which was your, was your favorite? Oh, I mean, there's only one right answer for this. And it's, <laughs> there's something about Firmino being as outlandish as he is with his style and his go-to celebration is, you know, to pop the shirt off, shirt off. away. And credit to to Lovren. Did yeah. you see him pick up? He kind of messied. He messied Firmino's shirt for him. I mean, that's how you get back on LSE Twitter's good graces, right there. Yeah. Um, is be, but how many is that? How many yellow cards is that for Firmino this season? And this is something that I looked up because I was curious: is he is he on route for a suspension soon? That his is his first caution of the Premier League season. What? He is on that's not one possible. yellow card. That's not possible. <laughs> one yellow card so We far. were so excited because we thought we didn't see the card be given. Yeah. And so we're like, is Maybe there some rule where if you've got an undershirt on, then you can pop your <laughs> shirt off? Like, is this a thing? It's only so if the like, nip shows. <laughs> <laughs> only if you're blasted nips is, is, is the color given. <laughs> But no, we're like, it could be 100 degrees out there. We need Bobby Firmino with an Under Armour shirt on so that he could. But no, yeah. I can't believe that's his first. I thought I thought it had to be like three or four. No, and that it's is. Just matter. I, no, I, he's got some breathing room then. Have oh, at it. Oh, yeah. No, he, I mean, at this pace, he won't, he won't have an accumulation suspension by the end of the season. As long as he doesn't pop his shirt off four more times, um, he'll be good. Um <laughs> He I, will. I, he definitely will. <laughs> he will. I mean, as long as as long as it comes on like the last day of the season and it's a, a screamer that the the ones where he's taking his shirt off, I've never begrudged him taking it off. So where I'm I'm thinking <laughs> about la, you know uh, the last couple of seasons, the the chip against against Palace after that through ball from Henderson in uh, in Toxic Thunder at Selhurst Park that was. Yeah, that was one where people analyzed the video and said, "Oh, it shouldn't have been given because he uh, technically had his shirt off before it crossed the line." <laughs> <laughs> Thank God I missed that one. Yeah, uh, or uh, or the the just thunderous blast against Stoke last season. That was another one um, where shirt oh, immediately off, but that was just a you know. So I've never I've never held it against him when he's taking no. his shirt off, and, I, and this was another uh, just wonderful <laughs> goal that that. Uh, yeah, as soon as as soon as it went in, I was like, "Yep, that shirt's coming pop, off." Pop it off. <laughs> My uh, the guy that I uh, just met via via Twitter. Yeah, similar to our situation, right? Like, oh, there's another there's another guy here in Mexico City. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he <laughs> he was pretty pissed off about Firmino for that because I I thought probably just same as him. Um, uh, shout out to Chris at Song Four DS, and that means right. Song for Daniel Sturridge. Um, I didn't want to give him a shout out because he's got like seventeen hundred followers, and I'm jealous. But what he was, <laughs> he was upset about Firmino's. He needs to shout know, us pop, out. popping his shirt off. And I told him that's the same as Jurgen Klopp encompasses all things you know about this LFC team. Firmino not giving a shit, throwing his shirt off, and you know fling it in the air. It, have at it, you know, yeah. we're not, <laughs> I think we're coming to terms with, with who we are and what we want to be. And the fact that we're just going to go, you know, also Robertson, you know, balls to the wall, 74th minute pressing <laughs> their left midfielder, 
their keeper. They're, and they're, their... Or no, their right midfielder, their right back, their keeper, their left back. Yeah. Maybe a central midfielder somewhere in there. Yeah. I, just, just go for it. Right. We, we've seen how, how shit we can be defensively. So pop your shirt off, go for 10 goals. It, you know, we're going to all die of heart attacks in the next 10 years with this Klopp team, but <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a ride. <laughs> That's uh, and I, I guess that, that kind of comes back to this, this last point that you added on. So, so this match um, in the way, the manner in which we've, we've won, um, not a lot of surprise in the way that we've actually scored the four goals, but against top opposition, we, we had missed, we had kind of missed these, these big results. We had kind of, you know, we've taken the beat. We took the beating at city. We took a beating at, at Wembley against Tottenham. Um, and we had kind of gotten away from that. And especially with the draw against Arsenal, we had those, those big wins against top opposition had kind of gotten away from us. So in beating, on unarguably the best team in the premier league. Uh, are we kind of getting back to that idea of, Hey, we're going to beat, beat the big teams. That's what it felt, especially in the way I think that we dominated them. Because like I said, Van Dyke's in that team, it's a four, one score line that, and even that is, is the, the narrative. It was more like a shootout, but it really wasn't. It was, <laughs> it was Liverpool dominating, doing what they city doing what they do Liverpool doing what they do and Liverpool absolutely dominating the match which changes completely because we've got our out from the first match now we don't know how it goes right. if Mane doesn't get the red but up to that point it was toe to toe um and it it could have finished 1-1 it could have finished 2-2 city could have won but this kind of showed us that it, it gave us that it gave me this feeling back that can we get back to our best against top teams can we that that feeling that we had when we were in the the Europa League just crushing people when we were dominating top teams last year in the Premier League is that we can beat anybody and that was a little bit of a question mark this year in terms of those performances but again now especially with Van Dyke in there I think that changes you know a lot of a lot of the previous defensive issues that we've had now this is a team that I mean we just beat the inform the the best team in the world. So <laughs> it doesn't matter whether, whether it's Porto, whether it's Barcelona. Now we've kind of got, I think we're, we'll get that swagger back a little bit. And, and now, I mean, I, I can't see city still probably is, but you know, the, the scariest team in the premier league to face it's city and it's Liverpool. The two best teams in the premier league are our city and Liverpool. Um, so that, that was a happy narrative for me because if we blow it, <laughs> I mean, that's one narrative that, that shows its face again, <laughs> Yeah. but, but we hung on, you know, we've, we've been clinging, we've been getting results lately. We were smashing city. It, it looked bad, but we were able to hold on too. So I think that that changed a lot of the potential narratives uh, that we could have been facing. All right. So like you said, uh, just not blowing it again. uh that had that had become kind of too too big of a narrative in this season of of blowing those those leads um everyone is eager to look back at Sevilla and and Arsenal and point to Mm -hmm. that that fragility um I think in this particular game everyone will point to oh it was just a a, you know a matter of, of Liverpool surviving that late pressure from city, but I think it goes a little beyond that in the, 
in the fact that the Manchester City of a couple of years ago, like you said, we made them, we made this city team look like the you know above average sides that we've yeah. that we've played from City in the past, and and we've gotten the better of more often than not. Um, and there's been some absolute drubbings in there. Like we have kicked the <laughs> shit out of the city team a, a couple of times. The difference this year to me was what made it four three, because I think the city teams of the past it ends for it ends four one, and no one they don't even you know they just kind of trudge off trudge off the field and and you know hey we'll get them next time. Yeah, that's a good point. This city team is is for all of the people who who want to say. Um, they don't want to give credit to Pep. They don't want to give credit to, you know, some of the players in the city side. Um, there are plenty of people in, in Liverpool camps who, um, who are, you know, fit that description, but the bottom line is this city team is very different. And there's a reason that they're this far ahead, uh, in the premier league right now, whether we want to give them credit or not, uh, they, they're, they're going to be champions. Um, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, but we made the champions look very average and the unbeaten champions at that up to this point look very average for about almost 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's where the, the accomplishment is. And I, and I think too, it's important to just think ahead to, you know, if this team, if we can retain, the major pieces of this team and, and add a couple of, a couple of big pieces in the, in the summer next season is a going to be a wild ride. Um, Cause you're going to have two just absolutely incredible squads uh, between city and, you know, Pep city and, and Klopp's Liverpool. It's yeah. going to be kind of, I think it, you know, at least in my mind, a lot like the, later days the of Dortmund, time at, at Dortmund versus the Dortmund Bayern, Bayern it's, you know, it's, it's a team with maybe a little less resources, but a charismatic manager and, and lots of talent, um, against, against all of the resources, the behemoth yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the world. And, and, uh, I mean, I, I just think that, that we're in for, a, a f- quite a few years of, of prosperity here at, at Liverpool under Klopp. And it, this match just gave me that hope of, all right, these are the two best teams. You know, yeah. even even United, who is second right now, somehow. Um, De Gea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. United uh, did not go toe to toe with City the way that the way that Liverpool did. Um, and well, that's why this the matchup between these two managers is because they both have a style that when they're when they're playing their games, it it just makes for. Uh, you know, they always say like for the neutral watching, like for United, United is a hell of a team, right? As much as we hate to admit it, but that's Mourinho's style where he is going to make excuses. He's going to spend 300 million pounds and say that he needs more money. Right. But <laughs> Pep's going to spend that. But he, I mean, you, you don't hear the excuses out of Pep. He's very right. straightforward. And, and Klopp's got his own style too, where it's just tells it like it is. It's, balls to the wall and so when it's just a good it it, it's a good matchup for the premier league to have because and i think at its best the premier league is going to be 
with City and Liverpool with these two managers is is, is going to start changing the narrative about who you know what are the top leagues in the world? Is it you know La Liga, Bundesliga, um, those because you know they've got they're not they've just got the two top teams. So if you can right. have two teams that style wise and also performance wise in terms of what they can do in in Europe as well I think because I think both of these two teams are are built very well for that so mm-hmm. hopefully they don't both crash out <laughs> here in the round of 16 <laughs> yeah no but kidding. but I mean it's just it's such positive football Guardiola has just set the tone within the past what you know decade or more and there are elements of both found in the in in the way that they set up so it's good for us it's definitely good for liverpool because i think whenever somebody tries to come at us we we usually end up on top so uh yeah i'm i'm happy with it and you know (laughs) the performance it it, it, i don't it it, i don't know if it's season changing because we've been on a hell of a run but that's that's a narrative that keeps going that we didn't miss coutinho that'll pop up if we struggle against lesser sides but it's it's just a super, super positive day uh, for us in terms of the result. Yeah. So speaking of you, you added it to our to our notes here, but the the big piece, obviously, that that Liverpool are going to be missing next season and are missing already due to his move to Barcelona is Phil. Um, are we uh, are we already with this performance kind of moving past? Uh, have we gotten over him fairly quickly? <laughs> well, it's good because there's no, if we would have struggled at all, that would probably be the only thing that we're, we're hearing about right now is, you know, what, what does this Liverpool team look like in the future? But Ox stepped up and he played that role that he was direct. The, the through ball that he provided, I kind of joked about, um, when we were playing FIFA and I think you're streaming it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I made some ridiculous comment that Ox kind of reminded me of, uh, De Bruyne a little bit um and I immediately said it was ridiculous but I don't know the way he played yesterday I mean he outplayed De Bruyne in the midfield yeah for for Liverpool so if it's just a question mark of is he going to have that consistency we still have to address the depth that we no longer have Lulana is not <laughs> it's not the depth option for maybe for midfield I think he was used exactly how he needs to be used but we still need some more depth out wide because we see how important both Mane and Salah are. Yeah. Um, so no, I, I think it, but you've got 140 million to play with. So depth, <laughs> depth shouldn't be an issue. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and obviously with that, with that money comes a lot of rumors. Um, and, and the last thing I think I want to close with is with it being January and with it being just silly season at, at its absolute, <laughs> absolute peak. Right now, I want to just address a few a few of the rumors um, that have hit LFC Twitter slash, you know, LFC uh, fandom uh, recently. And uh, so the first and and most prominent and you said something about it earlier in the show, but but Keita Keita joining in January, it was the the in the nose said it was it was on for sure. Uh, RB Leipzig comes out a couple days ago and, and squashes the rumors, says, no, he's, he's going to be a Leipzig player until the summer. So is that grandstanding by, by Leipzig or is that, uh, is, is that a, a firm, a firm answer? And we'll see, we'll see, uh, 
Nobby in in the summer in his uh, stylish velvet hats. You know me. If if everybody's going one way, I'm going to go the immediately opposite <laughs> way. So whenever it all is coming out, like it's done deal, it's done deal. Um, I was like, no, this didn't happen. Especially the the guy that I met at Doghouse. We were both we both had tweeted the same thing around the same time. Is that there's no way a deal is in place if that that Kaita makes the starting 11 if there's a deal yeah, in place but the fact that they were so adamant about it can only lead me to believe that now it's only a matter of time before <laughs> Kaita's <laughs> I wouldn't pay it rumored like closer to what like 80 90 for what a handful of games Premier League maybe FA Cup games left it's just not worth it and you can spend you could spend that on another world class player yeah. and then still get Kaita in in the next season too so i wouldn't knowing the way that it played out in the summer i wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in liverpool come january (laughs) uh yeah i just uh i i definitely found it found it a little odd that if he's gonna be playing against schalke in january for for leipzig he's now you know he's played in the second half of the season he's clearly still a big part of of their plans it's just a matter of whether that whether that board has the resilience to withstand whatever offer mm-hmm. Liverpool has and, and do they see him as, you know, completely indispensable for the remainder of the season? Um, I think the thing that makes it very difficult and, and this is for all these targets that have been, that have been shown for all the big clubs in England for January. I, I definitely see struggles in each of these foreign clubs uh, in terms of, the ideal is obviously you have to make the Champions League. You know, for a, a club that's in the Champions League, you have to continue to make the yeah. Champions League to to make real progress. And Leipzig are are kind of right on the edge right now. Um, so, They're all in there. The Bundesliga is what their first nine or ten is. Yeah, it's even more crowded than the Premier League. It's very competitive, and the European places I I'd say are more competitive than the Premier League in terms of uh, you almost have the top you know, eight kind of all in the, in the running for, for champions league spots. Um, whereas the premier yeah. league is very much a top six and then the remainder are just trying not to get relegated uh, essentially. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so it's, uh, I, I would be very surprised if Leipzig, uh, sell Keita for anything that that's not, you know, like they, you know, Ralph Rangick came out and said it would be exorbitant, um, yeah, for him to which makes sense. And, which makes sense. For yeah, him. yeah, and and uh, I I think watching them play the other day, um, he's not indispensable in terms of the way they play because they have the Timo Werners and some other big big talents. Um, but you know, how long can they hold on to them before Bayern and and other uh, big clubs around Europe come knocking for for? Uh, you know, the next level of player kind of beneath Kate in my mind. But, yeah. but uh, you know, Timo Werner is like one of the top strikers in for the German national team now. And, and so there's going to be other clubs that come knocking for those, those big, big talents they have. And uh, you know, that, that resistance is going to have to hold for a lot more players than Keita. So I, I mean, it's possible certainly um, that he moves, but I I'd say it's less than 50% um, at this point. Uh, so you, I, I, you I don't, don't think it's that don't likely. Think, okay. okay. No, I, 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 I mean, mine is just 
based on absolutely nothing. But <laughs> even less likely were the two. Yeah. I don't know where the mystery man rumor <laughs> came from, but it's now fueling absolutely ridiculous Just- ridiculous statements number one horseshit out of out of (laughs) out of liverpool twitter (laughs) only i think it's it's like dan linden or something is uh like a graphic designer who does a lot of artwork yeah uh posted on lc twitter amazing stuff but he was joking and he said you know it's gonna be it's got to be royce right (laughs) i couldn't believe nobody else said anything would that not be the perfect mystery man that that we haven't been in for but then what then uh griezmann Right. Had some absurd link to Liverpool, which even Liverpool Twitter didn't even get on board with. They yeah, immediately that's... shot that one down. And then I think within the past day or so, yeah. Ozil now? Earth. <laughs> the most opposite clock player you could ever see yeah. is now the the mystery man. So I, I've got a solid 0.0 percent of either of those happening yeah i just uh, some of the some of these rumors coming out of coming out of lc twitter are just absolute just <laughs> nonsense now it, but i don't normally you can at least track the origin right. of like a, a fake itk or or somebody somebody saying something yeah. with the mystery man with with and everybody else that's been linked i have no idea where any of these are coming from like i can't yeah. I can't find patient zero. I can't, you know, I can't find find the source. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. When Normally, I, sometimes where there's smoke, where there's fire, but right. it it I think it's more of like a smoke machine, like yeah. at a, I don't know, like a disco or something. So yeah. Who who knows? But I'm well, calling bullshit on on all those. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, I would say the the Keita deal in January is more likely than than some of these that the the ITKs have because. The thing for me that that just made me immediately, uh, you know, now I, until a a verified journalist says something, I'm not I'm not getting on board with anything. Yeah, um, no, I I agree. There's there's been not, the the Kato one's the only one where there seems to be some whispers of discussions. Right. So that's why I, I gave that one. But aside from that, I have. Lamar probably a little bit, but maybe the price tag is too high. But yeah. I don't know. There's got there's got to be somebody. There has to be some additions because the squad is fine where it's at now. But we know, like when we lost Mane before, we got to have some some type of some type of cover in place um, yeah. just to make sure that we can see the season out. Yeah, you got to have the reinforcements, and it, and I think I think the Van Dyke deal is what is making is what is kind of fueling my uh cynicism towards anything that's actually been rumored because yeah. who saw the van dyke deal coming nobody yeah it just popped up just all of similar a sudden, to kaita too whenever yeah, exactly kaita, whenever they announced him yeah it was yeah. just you know we went into meltdown mode yeah and <laughs> and i think i think it was something that uh because mares was somebody that we talked about in the last pod um and I, I kept seeing these stories that, you know, Liverpool officials had called Leicester and to tell them specifically that they weren't in for Mares, which to me almost signals more so that they are in for him because yeah, that they just want sense. to avoid they <laughs> want to avoid that uh, that tapping up charge that they got or, you know, the, yeah. the threat of being charged with tapping up by by Southampton. I think that's a brilliant tactic to to pull out um, now in terms of going public to the press with oh no we're not interested in them you know we're not we're not making any overtures and then 
you know, the behind the scenes is, is where the deal is actually getting done. And that's, yeah. we've been so bad in the past and, and the Sanchez deal comes to mind immediately. <laughs> we were so terrible about disguising our targets and, and, you know, every single target that we came out with, uh, Williams, another, another great example, yeah. Tottenham, Chelsea, just Tottenham and Chelsea would latch on to whichever Even Dortmund, target. Dortmund too, the yeah. center back, uh, oh, I don't Akanji, know how we the, the Basel center back, but yeah. he's, he's off to Dortmund. So yeah. the usual suspects are starting to crop back up. But yeah. I think Mares is, Mares to me seems like the most realistic right. given rumored prices of about 40 to 50. Yeah. Cause we've got the cash. Not only does he make a, a direct impact to the team, hits the ground running on day one. Right. He's also somebody that it, it's not just like a, a quick fix, right? right? There's further now, but also long-term implementation, implementations, implications <laughs> and, and help and help that he could provide too. So I'm, yeah, I'm stuttering. So it's, and it's not even all the alcohol because, well, maybe it's the lingering alcohol, but. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I, I think the target, there are some realistic targets in there. We're not, I, I don't know that any business is going to end up getting done uh, in January. It is a tough window. There are teams that I'd say of all the teams we've been linked with uh, doing business with, uh, especially now that, that Arsenal sit outside the top four by some distance, they're about eight point. It's now eight points off of, of Liverpool and, and Chelsea um, in third and fourth. Yeah. Uh, and I don't see Arsenal, selling anybody else <laughs> on top of, you know, if Sanchez is, is truly gone, um, then I don't, I don't see anybody else going to a direct rival. Cause that's just admittance of, of defeat. Just, nope, we're not making the champions league this year. Time to, time to ditch some contracts. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the other teams that I've seen, uh, with teams in for, for Malcolm, uh, from Bordeaux. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bordeaux, uh, last time I checked, I don't know where they're sitting now, but last time I checked, they were only a point off of the relegation zone in, in Liga <laughs> Un. So uh, they're not really in a position to sell either. Um, I don't know their financial, you know, the financials behind it, but they're definitely not in a position to get rid of one of their best players. Um, <laughs> when they're already struggling, uh, and then Monaco, definitely will will extort anyone who wants to go after Lamar because they are, you know, pushed for those Champions League places and they, you know, yeah. PSG is going to run away with the title as as per usual mainly because Monaco loaned them their best player for the season <laughs> for no reason. Um but uh there there's definite um it's definitely going to be a struggle for for Monaco to maintain that Champions League place, which is so important. Um, so I, all of these teams, I don't really see as as in a position to sell, except for Leicester. Um, Leicester's the only team that's kind yeah. of secure where they're at. Europa League doesn't help them all that much. I mean, they can if they make the Europa League, that's fine. But um, their push for trophies is going to come in the in the domestic cups, and and that's kind of it. They're not going to. They're not going to challenge for Champions League places. They're not going to. They're not yeah. really in threat of getting relegated. So, to me, the only team that can really afford, and and even watching the way they played against Chelsea last weekend, um, 
they're the only team that can really afford ditching a top talent for big, big money. Yeah, um, they only they seem like the ones, the few that are in an actual position to sell. Yeah, based on their spot in the table, and it's kind of like Arsenal a little bit, yeah. where Mares is. I think he's gone about his business, but I, it doesn't seem to be any secret that he's wanted out of there for the past couple of windows or so. Yeah, and and I think it if you see, you could see that spot for Mares uh, against teams that that Liverpool are going to struggle to break down where. If you rather than doing the, you know, Ox, Genie, Chan midfield, if it was a uh, if we're going more adventurous and it's a Mares, Ox, Chan midfield. Um, yeah. In, in the situation where you need to go more attacking to break teams down, you can definitely see the the added value of a guy like Mares who can sit deep and really find that key pass to, yeah. to pick a defense apart. So. I think I think the value is there um, if it is Mares, and I think Leicester are of all the teams in a position to sell. But um, but January is such a strange window, uh, and we've seen value gotten from you know un, unforeseen places. Like when we bought Phil and Sturridge, I I yeah. definitely thought that those would be kind of gambles, and turns out you know both great buys. Although you know Sturridge's time at the club has been kind of weird for the last season or two, but. Um, but it's also a, a window where there's not really any obligation for any clubs to sell. They're not not put under a ton of pressure un, unless it's uh, you know a Brazilian midfielder who um, wants <laughs> to sure. almost go a to Spain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it is. I, I I think it's been an interesting window so far already. Um, getting Van Dyke in was the biggest piece of business we could have done, and yeah, and um, anything. Anything beyond that, I I think now it is a bonus. Uh, but like you said, there there are some some reinforcements needed just for that depth to see out the rest of the season and just ensure that we end up in that Champions League place again. Yeah, hopefully we stay healthy though, because then <laughs> no matter what decision, whether it's Klops or FSG, then you know if we've got a healthy squad like we showed yesterday, you know we can't just don't just compete with anybody, but you know we're we're up there with the best so yeah let's let's hope long may it continue yeah and the uh and the forwards going at the rate that they're going i think it's interesting with uh everyone had said that you know we haven't had a forward like sala or like you know like sala since since suarez was at the club but we also have another <laughs> we have firmino at the same time having a suarez-esque season as well so that really the the two of them combined uh and then Mane chipping in with it, assists and goals as well um we're we're reaching that point of of a prolific attack on par with with some of the best in in recent memory um so i think uh like you said as long as they can stay healthy um this is this is a team that can do a lot of damage down the stretch and they've played the toughest part of their schedule already. So yeah, um, I I'm sure we're in for a couple of surprises as the, as the season goes on. Um, but the way that this team's playing right now, um, I, I back them to, to see it out and, and grab that champions league spot. And, and what a, what a statement when it was uh, this weekend against a team that hadn't lost in the premier league till now. <laughs> Yeah, so hopefully it 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 gives you know I mean what is it up to eighteen 
is it 18 yeah unbeaten 18 now so unbeaten i mean that <laughs> I, we we need a streak like that because this is a team that you know we're, we're not going to have any delusions about where we where we're going to end up in the uh or whether or not we're going to win the premier league because city's you know home and hose for that one but yeah second very realistic champions league you know sky's the limit for this team too and yesterday yesterday really showed us that too so you know as always i, I was jacked to the tits and uh <laughs> hopefully hopefully we get back to our smashing ways uh what a week here against is it swansea yeah yeah so a little bit of a break for the squad which will be which will be well well deserved and and kind of back to normal in terms of five five to seven days between games um yeah you know until the champions league starts back up but uh but a little bit of a a lesser a less intense uh period for the squad and and a time where i think we've seen Klopp teams dominate uh when they have a full week's rest and uh so hopefully we'll come out and swansea will be will be sick of the sight of us having just gotten their <laughs> ass kicked a couple of weeks ago um, I think uh, I think they're going to get another drubbing, and they're just going to, um, yeah, they're going to be sick of the sight of of some of those. <laughs> be like a Suarez Norwich, hopefully that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah with any. Where we just torment them too. So no, plenty of rest up the Reds, looking good. Yeah, yeah, we've got a. Uh, I think we've got the Reds living the the good life. It wouldn't be a two reg Ringo episode without without Kanye, so No, you can't. <laughs> it's there's gotta be some Chicago connection yep. during an episode, but right now the Reds are living the good life. The Gringos are living the good life. It's been a good episode and uh, I hope everyone enjoyed. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Check us out two redgringos.com at two redgringos. Check us out on Instagram. You can you can pretty much find us find us everywhere, and it's all for free because the best things in life are free, as Kanye said. So uh, with that, this has been Phil Baki and Patrick Staley. Adios. Adios. So I rolled the good, y'all popped the trunk, I popped the hood, Ferrari. And she got the goods, and she got that ass, I got to look sorry. Yo, it's got to be, cause I'm seasoned, haters give me them salty looks, Larry's. 50 told me, don't hear, switch the style up, and if they hate to let them hate and watch the money pile up, it looks like I come from mine, I got to shine. Bonus gringo time. Yeah, bonus gringo time. Yeah, because yeah. I, I forgot to, about uh, that Cyprus. narrative of what Klopp's history. I was reading an article. I don't know if it was like the Mirror, or the Echo, but it was the results post Klopp vacation trip with the team. So, and then I was thinking about Firmino's metal tie. Yeah, off in other foreign lands. No, that's what. Yeah, so the squad went to Dubai. He went to Cyprus. Um, him and his wife. Um, and the the thing that really blew my mind was that he didn't post anything about Phil's departure for like a week. Yeah. Um, and I even tweeted about it at the time, like noticeably absent Instagram post <laughs> from Firmino about about <laughs> Coutinho leaving. Uh, it eventually did come through, but it, I I don't think it was uh, till after his vacation. Um, so it's kind of a oh, yeah. weird 
almost like Bobby took like a retreat, you know, to kind of get his thoughts together. <laughs> I think all all Bobby needs is just him and his wife cruising around in ridiculous outfits. And yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he'll be too beat up about it. No, I, I think uh, obviously it probably took a little bit of time. And uh, I mean, it's uh, it's it's definitely a weird profession in terms of, you know, the amount of transience of your of your yeah. friends it's i mean it is kind of like <laughs> i mean it's kind of like the army in a weird way like you move you move around you know every few years every, uh, every few years yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah it's uh definitely weird and definitely something he'll have to get used to but i think um i don't know i think i think he's got the resilience to kind of get some drake in here as well <laughs> we didn't play a 442 but Four four two two. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the uh, I I I think he'll be fine, and and with uh, Nabi Keita being being spotted in oh yeah we that outfit. Bring it up. <laughs> I mean, this is all this is all bonus bonus features, but no, uh, Nabi Nabi and Bobby is that going to be oh, a? Oh, uh... <laughs> that, that's a good one. That's a nickname I can get on board with. Not me and Bobby. I, what, once you posted that, I had a definite Rush Hour Two vibe with Jeremy <laughs> Piven. Yeah, I saw that. Crackskin, uh... crackskin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be. Uh, I I don't know. I think just the because because now watching Nobby play for for uh, Leipzig, it, there's there's a definite personality personality there, and and I just yeah. I don't know. I think it's kind of important um, for for the squad to have those kind of characters because uh, how long was how long was it just so I don't know. The team seems so stale, like in ter- <laughs> and like just lacking the because yeah. Gerard obviously was the leader for the longest time, but um, but there were there was just such a lack of like flair about the team. Yeah, um, and now just between Bobby and, and, uh, there's just so much like there's the creativity on, on the pitch, but it's just, I don't know. I think it's kind of important to have that kind of personality, um, off it as well. And just everybody, I don't know. Everybody's enjoying their, enjoying their time at the club. And I just, I can't wait for, uh, I can't wait for, for some players who, you know, may have moved on from the team to just, regret their decision as oh, yeah. goes on to, to conquer the world and uh, you know some small clubs from uh, Catalonia are relegated to the, <laughs> the annals of history I wonder if Phil <laughs> was, was watching as closely for the city game as he was for the uh, derby against Everton two inches yeah. from the screen yeah two so. feet away with the chair pulled uncomfortably close yeah yeah I, I don't know I just uh, I I'm I think our I think our squad is uh, is set up to to do some damage. I, I don't you know obviously this season the our best shot is, is the FA Cup probably. Um, although I won't I won't put a, a deep Champions League run against us because probably the best team in Europe we just beat. So <laughs> yeah yeah Han- handled for yeah. eighty minutes yeah just handled them so and uh, yeah I'm excited to see how it goes and yeah against some of the lesser opposition and especially against Porto Porto's top of the Portuguese league, right? Yeah. I mean, but the Portuguese league, like, I mean, well, yeah. 
they're they're beating some farmers, you know, they, week in a week. It, it, there had to be the farmers reference. If we talked about PSG Monaco and the, the French standings and didn't mention farmers, yeah, then. just absolute farmers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think we've got we've got some good weeks ahead of us. But um, so next, uh, I'm trying to think. Like next episode, probably shoot for. For a post, uh, I mean, we could do a Swansea build-up. I'm kind of thinking I almost want to do what? like a like a non. <laughs> I want to do an episode where we literally only talk about the like stuff off the field. Like we only talk about Bobby's <laughs> outfits. I or... like that could be good between if we do one between like Swansea and West Brom. Yeah. Because that's a pretty big gap right there, and then it starts to heat up a little bit. So yeah, right. yeah we can we'll definitely see. target that. Yeah, I don't know. I think right, that would cool. be entertaining. But yeah, we'll put together a doc. Yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> All right, man. I'll see you. All right, see you, dude. My girl ain't bad. She more like evil when I'm looking in the mirror. How flies this Negro? She on Hollywood and Vine. Thinking that she Hollywood on Vine. Making movies with her friends all the time. Showing off her ass as a network. But I saw through it like I wore shirts. Dry slow because your mic swerve off it. Still eating the hate so saucy. Switch rooms in my roommate's coffee and got more likes than a white girl talking. More hits.